Welcome back to the program. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, thank you for the beauty of creation. I thank you, Lord, for the gift of faith that your Son has won for us, that your Spirit stirs in our hearts. I ask, Father, that your Holy Spirit would truly bless this program and all who listen, that we would strive to live our lives of faith with courage and generosity. Please, Lord, help us to be heralds that are bold and faithful. And Lord, I ask you to bless um, bless our summers, bless all the times that all of our kids and our loved ones will be driving in cars, making trips, uh, traveling. Lord, just keep them safe. Mother Mary, may your mantle of traveling mercies be over our kids. And we make this prayer in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, Carrie, it's great to be with you today. Uh, we're on a bit of a journey ourselves. Wow. As a country, and you and I, together with a couple of our kiddos, on a journey towards the act of consecration to Jesus through Mary, coming up in two and a half weeks, which is exciting. So lots to cover, and, and we're making our journey into the summer. But I think that we should first pause and say, whoa, sometimes when you're on a path, when you're on a journey, when you're going hiking, you come to a, you come to a fork in the road, and you've got to go one way or the other. And it, it feels like, in a whole new way, that our country reached a fork in the road last Friday with the Supreme Court's decision to overturn Roe versus Wade and to return this issue of abortion to the states, it created a fork in the road for not only states, but for businesses. And it was, it was pretty striking, the things that we've seen in the last week on social media, on, uh, in businesses, on websites. And it's uh, it's very telling because it's showing that if you come into our store, if you shop on our website, you're going down a particular path. There's no longer just this big wide path, but you are going to the right or to the left. You're going one way or the other, and you have to make a decision now, not just, oh, is this a goodbye, or am I going to say goodbye? Oh, did you like that? I like that. Hey, Tom. I just made that up. You make up all sorts of fun stuff. <laughs> and not only that, Carrie, but we've also made the move from June to July. I could have said the word transition, but that would have been a bit of a trigger word. <laughs> uh, so we've left the uh, deadly sin of pride in the month of June, and we're going to move to gluttony. Well, Gluttony is sloth. probably I or think sloth. J- July would be a good month for sloth. Just hanging out by the pool, going to the lake, sleeping, trying to find staying up late, some other source of joy in your life other than God and spiritual things. Our it daughter just yeah, our daughter jokingly says, "Hey, this is the month where you celebrate pride, and next month is envy, and then sloth, and then we're going to celebrate all the deadly sins." She thought that was clever. Um, Anyhow, I uh, just on, on the lines of that whole thing, Tom, I feel like um, there's more an awareness of what these businesses are standing for because 
Some of them have been very outspoken. For example, today I went on a website to find out if they had a Title I store in Spokane area. It's a store that sells swimsuits and outdoor clothing and maybe yoga stuff. And my girls had said, hey, mom, there's a sale and we want to go get swimsuits. Our swimsuits, you know, we need new ones. Can we go shopping? And when I went on the website to just see, you know, what kind of um, sale it was, right there in the front page, it says, the choice is ours. And I thought that was curious. What are they talking about? Once someone says choice, I'm like, what is this all about? And then I scroll in and it's all about the new law for the Supreme Court and how they're going to provide abortion coverage and travel and room and board and food if you want to have an abortion that we need to push back and, and stand up. And they actually are promoting, join this organization, join this nonprofit. We're here to promote women's reproductive rights type thing. And I said to my daughter, I sent a screenshot of it and I said, we're not shopping there. And I guess part of me feels like I've not really taken a strong stance on companies and a stronger way in many years where I kind of know this company promotes homosexuality or they maybe not promote it, but they don't dis, they don't um, have a no stance policy or with this whole abortion, right? Um, it's clear that these companies are now starting to take stands that are right in my face. And one time, like, for example, the one time where I just got really irritated is I went into Target the beginning of this month and did not realize just how pro-pride and gay lifestyle they are. Not only do they promote it, but they actually promote the whole LGBT agenda. And I didn't really know that until I went in to exchange something or get something. And right when you walk in, it's hashtag take pride. And there's this huge display and it's all the rainbow clothes and all the different things you can buy. And I went up to the manager and I was was like, I just can't shop here. I see this and I find this so offensive to my faith. It's one thing to promote, to promote, you know, shopping or to promote, you know, Christmas, but it's another thing to promote what I consider a deadly sin that will lead you to a lifestyle that will lead you to hell. Um, I didn't say that to the guy. (laughs) I'm going to hell. (laughs) But if you look at the the principle of it, I just was so bothered. And I've never really been that bothered about shopping at Target. I know that they have, you know, their pride stuff in the store. And I know I'll see it in um, like Home Goods or sometimes at TJ Maxx. Or there are a couple stores I'll go into and they'll have like a little shelf and they'll have a few rainbow things. But this was a full-on display of we are promoting the gay lifestyle. This is a good, this is a beautiful thing. We should all embrace it. And I just was so disgusted, literally disgusted with the whole promotion and in-my-face type uh, propaganda. And so I said this to the manager in a nicer way. And he's like, yeah, I know. And the other guy comes over and he goes, yeah, it's just their stance right now. And I said, I just find this just really bothersome. Anyhow, I won't be shopping in here anymore. They're like, yeah, we get it. And the guy I'm walking out and the guy at the heard overheard my conversation um, said, yeah, totally get it. Have a good day, but not rude, not demeaning. They were very nice about it. Almost. I think that they agree. They undergo it. <laughs> they undergo it. They don't think that this is a good thing, but if you go on Target's website, they actually have a whole two, this has gone on for two years now where they actually promote this whole thing. And the one time, the other time I faced this was 
I think we went to a Sounders game about eight years ago, and it happened to be in June, and rainbow flakes everywhere, and the entire stadium, and I thought, I am so never going to come to a football game or a soccer game again, just because of how, um, just no sense of disregard for the immoral part of what it was promoting. Anyhow, I've never really said that about Target because I always like going to Target. They have cute clothes and uh, they have the little Jack and Cat whatever brand and they have nice little, the, the whole way they market their stuff is really smart. But I just, like, we're not shopping there anymore. And so that was the first time I really took a stand. And then when this whole um, abortion issue came up, I the first day it happened or maybe the next day I was on Facebook and Patagonia says, you know, not only are we going to help women have abortions and send them to where they know, need to go, but we're going to help bail out anybody who gets arrested for protesting the Supreme Court decision. And we'll help, you know, get people out of, out of jail if you're going to go protest this. And immediately I thought, you know what? I just bought a Patagonia sweatshirt at REI. I'm, I'm taking it back. Like, that's how bothered I was. I was like, I'm taking this back. And then I find out that Dick's, you go on their site, they're promoting it. I said, you know what? We just brought a cross net. Find the box, kids. We're taking back CrossNet. I'm like, all of a sudden, there's like this bee in my heart that I'm so bothered that companies will take this kind of stand to murder babies, that they will promote this kind of stand to, to promote this kind of death. And I, it's not quiet anymore. It's not, oh, you know, we just provide healthcare and the healthcare provides abortion if a woman chooses that. No, we're actually going to help promote this and we're going to help our employees get this in a way that is, and we're going to let you all know this on your, our website, right? When you click on our front page, it's like, I don't want to shop there. I don't feel, I don't, and I don't feel like other people, I, need, I don't feel like I need to tell other people you shouldn't shop there. I just feel my own conviction. Like, how can I not? It's almost like when I see people, like if I see somebody now wearing Patagonia and it has the label, I'll be like, ugh. They promote abortion. Like that's how intrinsic their their uh, stance on it and what they put on their website. How overt it is. How it impacts me. I just oh, yeah. I, I correlate their name with killing babies. That's how quickly it happened to me. I don't know if other people are undergoing this. I'm not one to boycott places. I really don't have this need. <laughs> I wish I was a stronger, like moral you know, had this moral code, principled, principled yeah. person. I'm, I'm unfortunately, I'm just not that principled. <laughs> but um, this whole turn of events has really gotten me stirred up in a way of I will not stand for this. And it's a private company. They, we don't have to shop there. Unlike promoting, um, you know, a, a certain political party. You know, they're in office. We can't choose them out unless we can vote for them out. But we don't have to shop or promote them or give them money. I feel like when I go to these companies, I'm actually promoting their agenda and giving them my money. It's a private organization. So it has a whole different feel to me than the government, you know, providing health care to women. So I think that when I talked about this idea of you reach a, um, a crossroads, you reach a... Um, a, a dividing point, right? The, the the path splits one way or the other. I I think that's what's happened. That the Supreme Court decision to overturn Roe versus Wade is now reverting it back to the states, and so now states will take a stand about what they believe in their state is the right way to protect innocent human life in the wombs of mothers, and those states that will promote baby killing 
in the wombs of their mothers. That's what abortion does. It ends, it kills the human life of a baby in the womb. Just to talk about it like that is all of a sudden now it's become something that gets called out into the open in a way that before it wasn't. So when I think about this, I, I, I used to, well, for a few years now, I've talked about this as an Elijah moment, that for 30 years in, in my ministry work, I've had the sense of, well, we live in a wider culture and there's a dialogue and there's a diversity of opinions, but there's enough room for us to get along and go forward together. And hopefully we could influence you to go in a different direction. And when I woke up that that was just bad thinking, it was just really, uh, uh, just like, how could I have been so confused to think that the culture, the the pro-abortion, pro uh, culture of death ideology that those folks were going to somehow respect people on the other side. And it's just showing up. It's showing up it, through this decision. Thanks be to God. Um, we should almost call it a Catholic decision, right? It's Catholics and Christians that are faithful and also brilliant uh, on the Supreme Court that led to this decision, um, which was a, an authentic way to understand uh, the idea of the the Constitution and how it applies to legal matters. But when I think about this, it's like, okay, now, folks, you're listening. You're going to have less room. There's less room in the middle. And, and, and there was the whole Elijah moment. How long will you straddle the issue? If the Lord is God, follow him. If Baal, follow him. And so if if the Lord is God, follow him. What does that actually mean? What does the principled following of the Lord mean if I am, in fact, pro-life? What does that actually mean? And so is that going to mean that I am more uh, more uh, discerning about where I spend my money? Where am I going to give my time and my money? Um, and, and that's something that has not been a, a, a big push. That hasn't been a big push in the Catholic world. There have been a few organizations that we're trying to highlight that by calling for boycotts and write letter writing campaigns and all of that. Um, and they had some degree of, of impact, but it, it's a whole new level of it's getting real. Well, that and it's one thing if it's their policy, but it's hidden and it's, it's, uh, it's not as It's overt. embedded. It's, it's embedded. embedded because it was legal and all and of so this. I think, and so yeah, they didn't really bother me or I just like kind of didn't look or close my eyes to it but now when I go on the website and it's the first thing I read or the first thing I see right you can't make pretend you didn't then see it's it. okay you're bringing this to me I, I can't not choose I have to make a choice here okay so the, okay there are some instances here though that it makes this difficult I think about okay you go on Amazon Prime you go on to Netflix it's gone it's gone they're all done no yeah. <laughs> All right, we're up against a break. We'll talk about it in a minute on Sound Insight. Welcome back to Sound Insight. This is Tom Kern. It's great to be with you. Today in the program, we're building off of this uh, amazing decision of the Supreme Court to overturn Roe versus Wade. And now it has brought out into the open a visibility about taking a stand for life in the womb or for promoting the killing of babies in their mother's wombs through abortion. And and that's what it's come to. And not only at a legal level, like sadly, 
it didn't take long for the state of Washington to join with, or I think it was Oregon and California, to double down on their uh, protection of the right of a mother to kill the baby in her womb, and that they would support that legally. And just to say that out loud is so disgusting and distressing that that's where we stand as a state. But downstream from that is, and we can make all that political activity, right, to try to, to, to battle against that. But there's a new level of battle. There's a new level of how, how where will you stand? And and so, Carrie, you and I we were driving today and, and talking about it. I'm like, wait a minute. So we were talking about Starbucks. Yeah, I think I haven't been to Starbucks in probably two or three years. I don't really... Um, I think it was when they took a stand on um, giving money to Planned Parenthood and supporting that whole organization. And it was pretty obvious. It wasn't something you had to go dig up and find on like page 92 of their... I don't know, business, what do you call it? All the annual report. Yeah, or that kind of thing, which I know people will go and look up every company or go read their different stances and, and will help people make a decision if they consciously want to not shop at certain places or support certain businesses with their private money. Um, it, it can be helpful, but it also can be very overwhelming. But with Starbucks, it was just so blatant. They you know, they weren't given to United Way. A lot of the companies had been given to United Way, which then gave money to Planned Parenthood. No, they directly gave money to it. And uh, again, their whole stance on the pro-gay lifestyle. And so I just stopped buying coffee there. I just had no desire. And even if I see someone walking around with a Starbucks cup, or I think one of the teachers at our school gave me a Starbucks gift card, I was like, please don't shop there. Please don't support them. Why? I don't know. So their whole brand for me is ruined. I will, and I told my kids know that they won't shop. They won't buy coffee there even. They know that it supports Planned Parenthood, and we've all stopped shopping or buying coffee from them, um, except for the one time where I had to go to Seattle and I had to stop in Walla in uh, Moses Lake and blah blah blah. Anyhow, um, I guess, like I said, I'm not this ardent, strong, I boycotter of companies. Uh, I think a lot of it's been hidden, but when you go on the website and right there, the first thing you see is promoting murdering of babies. I, I just like, really, if you're going to be that overt, how can I possibly in good conscience shop or give you my support? I just, I just can't. And this is just a new thing that's arisen in me in the last week. And I feel almost like grace I feel like it's a Holy Spirit moment. I feel like it's a conviction that I've not had that I would have liked to have had because I would like to live that noble, honorable life. But um, just lately, I've been very outraged at just how asleep and slumbering I've been towards my own lack of um, you know, investment in where we spend our money or where we put our, our time and effort. Yeah, it's, I, I guess it's this is that I, for years have been frustrated at what I would just call compromise or cowardice in um, church leaders. Like, why won't you stand up, speak out and push back? And I think that this is a, a wake up call for me to look in the mirror and say, am I compromised? Not, not am I compromised, but how compromised am I? Because when I, for instance, go on to Amazon Prime to watch a video, uh, it is 
it's blatant, it's in your face in the month of June, that they highlight transgender supporting uh, videos, TV shows, documentaries, movies, and uh, content that they're creating themselves. Will... Can we just be done with Amazon? I know it's, and this is happening I mean, live, really brothers and sisters, as we need, talk about this. I don't need to shop there. I don't feel like there's anything I, I don't. I don't buy any more books there because I can find them all at thrift something.com thrift books or <laughs> yeah uh sometimes they have great deals on cosmetics or um hair products but i can definitely get that at walmart or I can go to another or i just go without um i would be really it'd be really hard if costco though <laughs> starts to promote stuff like this um i just feel like amazon prime is convenience and i don't like how they treat their employees i don't care for the whole monopolizing and shutting down of all these small businesses. I don't like the capitalist greed that they go after and trying to. Well, and that's a, that's a, like a different level and a mixed story because you do have a lot of small businesses that get access to a worldwide audience because they are able to have their little business manifest on Amazon and their products on Amazon. Darn, I was hoping just to... So, sorry, so how from, do you... from the financial <laughs> side, they're, they're, that's so, a mixed story. How, uh, do you, how do you not support them? Right, how do you sort... How do you... How do you, I, I, are you saying how do you continue to support them? Like, not support. What do they need to do to get you to lose their support? Like, I will not... We canceled Netflix because of their whole gay agenda. We canceled... Okay, I can just recommend an awesome place to watch videos. Go to BritBox. BritBox, it's the, the UK's whole streaming, and it's clean, and it's good, and it's some stuff you've never seen because it's from the UK, and it has old time and time periods and historical, and their comedy's fun. It's smart TV. I don't know. There's so much stuff on BritBox. I just signed up this month and just barely dipped my toe in it, but I thought, I don't need all these other streaming. Because the U.S., Hollywood just sends out garbage. It does. It just promotes garbage, and it's getting worse. There's, every so movie is, has homosexuality. Every movie has transgender. Every movie's promoting fornication and just garbage. And, <laughs> it's and, like, and, what's wrong with our country? No, and it can have this, um, like, this effect that you and I don't realize. I was listening to a homily um, on YouTube. Okay, do we have to get rid of YouTube? That's Google, right? So it's a census fidelium. So there's a lot of um, fraternity priests, and it was a homily. And the homily was on the impact of images, in particular, sexually explicit images, on kids' um, brains. And he was reading these scientific uh, studies that were doing brain scans and doing the uh, impact to the at the physiological level of being exposed to pornographic or sexually explicit images, and he was saying that the report like was very dramatic and it was exposure to one image damages the brain. It's just like what exposure within twenty seconds will have an, a negative physiological impact on the brain itself. And I was just like, well, you know, you hear about it and you know, all this, but he was reading it. Um, and it's like, how alert, how protective, how 
much effort do we put to surround our kids in a way that says, you know what, we want to make it difficult for you to access that stuff. I, I know you're going to be able to access that stuff at one time or another, but do we talk to them about it? Do we let them know the dangers of it? And, and here's the thing. This medical study, the scientific study that did the brain scan that was negatively impacted by an image, they had them do another exercise that brought healing to the brain. It actually healed the damage of the brain. Do you know what the, the activity was they had them do? Paint. Prayer rosary. <laughs> no, it was. It was. Is this a faith-based? No, it wasn't. It wasn't even Pray like, rosary. are you a Catholic and do you believe in the rosary? They had these people pray a rosary. Did they have them do other prayers or other types of I, healing? I, they, he didn't get You know me. I'm going to question this. I know. I know. I love it. But how cool is that, that praying a rosary brought about a healing impact to the brain? You know, we were coming back last night from um, the barn party. We did a bunch of families got together and a new family that moved here from Santa Cruz. Great family. They have surfboards all over their house and in the barn. Um, typical what you would sense to be a, a family from Santa Cruz. Blonde hair, super cute, tan. Um, anyhow, they did a a concert in the barn. I'm not sure what it was, which ended up being karaoke. It was great fun. On the way back, we wanted to get our rosary in because the kids were having, a bunch of other kids were decided to all come over here and play games late at night. It was 10 o'clock at night. I said, now they're all coming to our house? Okay, I'm going to bed. But <laughs> we prayed a rosary. None of the kids fought it. They all happily joined in, which is a small miracle. And our son, John Mark, led it. And it was a very healing joy-filled, prayerful rosary. It, it just had an element of, you know, when you pray a rosary and you just know you're praying it, you're not just saying it and you're not just, let's get through this or whatever, however people pray. It was, it was really holy. There was a graced moment. I was so grateful. So just you saying that, I can see how that would heal, that could heal wounds or that could heal stuff that was said that day or sins that we did against each other or thoughts that we had of that. So I, I love that. First of all, thank you for doing that. Um, I know you were here doing your, doing the radio. Yes. Working hard. But here's the thing. Um, I, I, when we were talking about like, when do we uh, expose our kids to things? When do we remove our kids from things? There's something that our daughter, Annalise, she just came in and interrupted our program uh, did last summer, and we withdrew her from it. And it was AAU basketball for girls. And uh, I, I never want to miss an opportunity to talk about basketball. <laughs> but I, you're you're like I can still laugh at that, but it's so true. Okay. I think we both like to talk about. But what um, you were the one who said it? Do I want an adult man barking at my daughter, yelling Male, at my sixth grade daughter? And it could have been female. Male or female, just yeah. the intensity and the formation that was being fed to her of what she should do, how she needs to change, the physicality of which they were playing, just in each other's face, pushing, shoving, aggressive. I just thought, this is just not very feminine. It's not beautiful. It's not holy. It's not, 
<laughs> I mean, there's all the arduous things you do when you play a sport, but it's like, can we just like play volleyball where you both stay on either side of the net and nobody touches each other and they don't push each other. And I don't know, there's certain sports that I just don't find very feminine. I used to think soccer was awesome and finesse and fast, but then I played with a bunch of guys and I'm like, man, it's like so rough. And then lately we've been watching our kids play, not recently, recently, but like last year and just literal shoving, pushing. I thought, oh, well, that's another sport that's just so rough. Yeah, for girls. For girls. Yeah, on the guy, girl side. I, I don't mind guys do it, but it's just different when I see a, a girl out there playing a rough sport. It's just so unattractive. Well, and and so the, the concept of unattractive is one thing, but the idea of saying, when we make decisions to involve our kids in a community, and that's what it is, it's a whole community, a community of families around a sport it's fostering something in them. It's forming something in them. And it it's important to stop and pause, not just to take for granted, oh, I played sports when I was younger, and so I'm going to throw my kid into that sport, and they're going to love it, and they're going to... No, there are other impacts. Just like we're saying, there are impacts if we let our kids have unaccompanied exposure to Amazon Prime or Netflix or the internet or a smartphone. You're just danger zone all over the place. Why would you do that? It's terrible. Well, even things like sports can have those negative impacts. And so to be able to withdraw her from a community or situations where, you know, you have the, is it the, is it the kind of spirit that we want to foster in us, in you and me, well, and as well as in the kids? And Tom, it's not like she can't, she could have joined another team with a better coach. I mean, we've had some awesome And we coaches. did that this year. Yes, there's yeah. amazing coaches out there. We just need the guy that was barking at the kids nonstop. It was, and I looked around at all these parents. They seemed fine with it because he was the guy that was going to get them to play, start on the high school team and then get the scholarship to the college team. I thought, you guys are all compromising your daughter's well-being, in my opinion. <laughs> I'm no expert, but just being a mom, looking at this, thinking, why are we all doing this? Is anyone going to question this whole the performance. Anyway. Well, and the funny thing is, is that when I mentioned, oh, is there room on the team for Annalise? I want to understand, look, we're not trying to travel. We're not trying to do all these different things. And, and they said, well, were you on a different team? And I said, yeah, we were on this team. Well, and I said, well, we, we had a different philosophy of coaching. And they said, yeah, I get it. <laughs> they, yeah, all, they all knows. got it. Yeah. No one said, I have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah, for um, sure. So it, it's something that when I think about, am I, am I compromised? Or to what extent am I compromised as a father or a husband in leading, guy, leading, providing, and protecting my kids? So you're saying I could have been compromised with this basketball team. I can be compromised if I'm watching Amazon Prime or allowing this into my home. I could be compromised Shopping if I'm at Starbucks. going to Starbucks to get drinks. Or It's like what levels and layers of compromise and is it out of... Is it just out of convenience or is it out of cowardice? I don't think I'm, I think I'm like, I don't think laziness. I'm afraid. Laziness, convenience. I think it's just yeah. convenience. I don't want to have to go shop at a different store. I don't, the sales aren't as good or the items aren't as um, attractive or, you know, Verbo is one of the companies and I thought, or it might be a little do more I need expensive. to cancel all my verbal trips? Am I going to now do Airbnbs? I thought it was just the opposite. I thought you said it was Airbnb that was... Uh, yeah, you could be right, Tom. I have to go look at my list. My family group chat, they sent the, a list out. I said, so how overtly are these people supporting this new decision? And how many of them, someone went in to their financial statements and found somewhere in the bylaws, which I can't imagine they wrote them up that quickly. This just happened. But yeah. anyhow, 
Right. It is something we'll it's, be uncovering. It's very important to sort out and then make decisions. All right, we're we'll going to break. Back in a minute with more Sound Insight. Welcome back to Sound Insight. This is Tom Kern along with my wife, Carrie, on this Faith and Family Friday. Carrie, we are... Uh, I had a family meeting with the kiddos. You were out... Changing snow tires. Snow tires and in the end of June. <laughs> what is that all about? Oh, it's our life. Well, that's how Do, crazy I just late wanna, snow I just have is. to tell everyone about snow tires. I asked you when I was at Costco, honey... Why are we changing our snow tires? Why do you change them? I was kind of testing you. Yeah, and I just said, well, it wears down the tread. And, and so you don't want to wear down the thicker tread that snow tires have during the summer. But actually, the guy at Costco said that it's the heat that causes them to disintegrate. And so when you get above 40 degrees, the rubber on the snow tires is softer and it's made of a different chemical or different uh, texture. And so the heat will cause them to disintegrate or lose their tread a lot faster and you'll only have them for a couple of seasons. And he said, yeah, put them on in November, take them off in February. I thought, okay, we're like four months past due. (laughs) Now, wait a minute. This year, it snowed out in May. Well, he actually said, I said, well, why would softer... of course, I'm asking a bunch of questions. Why would soft rubber cause you to have traction in the snow? That doesn't make sense. He said it's actually in the ice, that you really use snow tires for when it's icy out. And somehow the softness of the tires allows you to get more grip on the ice. Does that make sense? I um, don't know. <laughs> I was just, all right. So he laughed. He said, you're fine. We have a bunch of people in today. We've had people all week. This is going on for a while. Um, people are still not taking their snow tires. They haven't taken them off yet. But now that I know it's not just wear and tear, that it has to do with the temperature, I will be a lot more aggressive trying to get uh, aggressive. <laughs> I don't know what I'll do. <laughs> Lord help us. More diligent. Yes. Just more diligent to get it done in a timely fashion. There you go. Now, that is something that I left in your court. I you said, did? I did. Don't you remember? I yes, said Yes, but you left me with 12 tires in the garage and we only have two vehicles i'm like how many tires hold on which tires i don't know how to read anything so i had to go (laughs) to the costco guy two days ago and say i have 12 tires how do i know which ones go on which car no idea i'm so like some stuff is so basic should we even talk about our air filters in the house have we talked about how we did not clean our air Carrie, now you're exposing me. No, it's not you. It was me. Humbled myself. Thank the Lord for YouTube. I went and you and took photos of our air filters because they're uh, what's it called? Electronic. Yeah, and you you, they're not um, replaceable. You wash them and put them back in. Yeah. What is that? I'm losing my basic words. Reusable. Yeah, (laughs) something like that. And I looked at the the name of it. Stuck it in in YouTube. Watched a video. Guy showed you exactly how to do it. Super simple. So I made a video of how to... I made a video and sent it to all our kids because I said, you guys, this is something I never learned to do. I don't know why we haven't done this, but these filters have been in here for three years or however long we lived here. We've yet to clean them and they were really bad. And then I turned on all the fans in the house and hopefully things got aired out. But you know, we're not going to die. It's not like a huge ordeal. That's how I think in my head. What's the big deal? But <laughs> so dirty. 
And now I know. I probably won't do it for another year, though. But I felt really good doing it two months ago and figuring it all out. I, I think that... Tell me, it's not your job. You're, like, busy. You have, like, five other jobs. <laughs> it really is on me. Okay, so... Well, and that's a really interesting thing, that when, when you and I were dating and then courting and engaged and, and getting ready to be married... I don't think we ever had a conversation and and could we even have imagined what a conversation would be like regarding how do we work together to fulfill all the things that are involved in, I don't know, running a household and taking care of a family. I think those are so secondary. Honestly, we were in love. All those stars aligned. The chemistry was on fire. What else do you need? And we had Jesus. (laughs) Those are the best. That's all we needed. I don't think we thought... You know, how do you put it? Do you put your cap on your toothpaste? Do you clean the shower? No, no, no. The, but those are, the, those are the ones that people default to as the sort of the, you know, the well, sort of silly living details. with each other. I'm thinking of things like, who's going to do the bills? How do you make decisions about... Again, secondary. Yeah. Don't you think? But I think they're important. I think that, uh, I think that what we've discovered I is... I think that's where iron sharpens well, iron. where do we... That's where you just work, man. You just take, put on the boxing gloves. and <laughs> I was going to say, like, where do we actually end up arguing and fighting is over uh, things that, um, things that are, are, are very much at the secondary level or tertiary level, right? They're, they're at a low, low level. Yeah, that's just the flesh. That's like human nature trying to, you know, say, who can outdo each other in love? Who can outdo each other in service? Who can outdo each other? If, if you continue to... S- one continues to, to keep score and not approach each other through service and selflessness and love. And like, how can I serve you? How that, can I make That's the day? biggest thing. It's your whole attitude. Yeah. It's your whole way of seeing and, and living married life. Absolutely. And so once I turn inward and I start in my mind, in my thoughts and in my words, and I've done and I failed to do, in my thoughts, if I've seen the things that, oh, Tom could have done this, that, and the other thing, it immediately feels self-centered or, you know, pointing the finger at you. That is not helpful at all. And that took me, and that, I still, you know, sometimes struggle with that. And that took us many years, in the, like five, six, seven years to figure out, oh, maybe we shouldn't be nitpicking each other. I think now we don't even have these conversations because we're on to the bigger fights. <laughs> we're on to the real doozies. No. Uh, yeah, I think that, when you hear it popularly discussed, they talk about a wife being a nag. So um, I think that that would be some of the, when you called it nitpicking. Um, so I think that that's typically the way it's talked about. I don't know. I think of it more as there are stresses and pressures involved in y- you take care, taking care of the kids and the home and, and just all of the life of having, you've got five teenagers at home right now. I mean, that's really crazy. I kind of forget. Yeah, you have five teenagers at home and two younger kids beyond that. And and five teenagers. Holy Can I cow. ask you a question? Yeah, go ahead. Sprinklers. Sprinklers, perfect. A great example, <laughs> right? Brothers and sisters, in Jesus' holy name. Look, we have a sprinkler, but it's the sprinkler system that's broken. And and this is that idea of good stewardship. Our because poor grass. Wasn't one of our sons out there, like hand watering the lawn? No, it's the kiddos. They 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 do the flowers, but we have a we have a, a sprinkler that goes back and forth, right? Uh, and you've got to just move it around. And good for him. He needs yeah. to do that. 
Anyhow, I any not, they that. can't fix it until August 3rd, which is over a month. I said, wait, is there someone else I can call? Oh, no. Half the businesses went out of business because of COVID or whatnot. So we're, we and like two other companies are the ones in the Valley or in the Spokane area. And it is booked solid. And we've been busy for, I don't know, several months. Okay. So, so here's where I want to go with this, though. Uh, I mentioned that um, this, it's this weekend that we've got a lot going on. Right? So this is heard on Friday. And um, I've got two families coming here that I'm showing them homes this today, today. And then tomorrow we're having a gathering of the charisma, Catholic Charismatic Refugee Adults. Woo, that's quite a set of descriptors. <laughs> so we're hosting that gathering tomorrow night at our house, and we have like 20 people coming. That's just, just those 10 couples. And then on Sunday we have a family moving in with us for a week. And we're going to the Speedway. Okay, hold on. That's a different thing. Because is that oh, on Sunday night? Yeah, Sunday night. Oh, wow. So we'll be Because that's July 3rd. Yes, it's coming so yeah, fast. So, but I sat down with the kids to have the family meeting and was saying to them, we have a mission as a family that mom and dad, we, you and I, have a sense of mission and a call to be of service in this community. And, and the kids got it. And I was kind of walking them down the trail. And then I said... Guys, you are called. You are called to be drawn into that as well. And it was through that approach that I had them say, as a result of this, um, we are needing the home to be in a certain condition. And so, talked to them about giving up their bedrooms for the week. Talked about helping them get the house ready for Sunday. Talked about the need that they had to. Be, be supportive of new families moving here in terms of other kiddos. And what was um, their general attitude? I'm so it glad was totally you, fine. So glad you had that meeting. Well, and you know why it was fine was I think in, in part because of the approach I took, which was, you know what, mom and I, when we think about your summer, we really want to make sure that you guys are finding life in the summer, that you're flourishing. So I hope you guys are experiencing things that you're enjoying. And just talked about, hey, here are some things that you're doing. Here are some other things that are coming up. But I said, there are other things that are really important for you guys this summer as well. And so just reminded them quickly of things that they said they also valued, whether it was working out, getting in shape, um, whether it was reading, um, all of those things. And then I said, we want those things too, but you also want to make money. You want jobs. So we're going to talk more about that. So we talked about work that they're going to do for me in the next week. And then that led into what are they going to do in the house? So that's how we did it. All right, back in a minute with more Sound Insight. Sound Insight is grateful for its sponsors. Welcome back to Sound Insight. This is Tom Kern along with my wife, Carrie, on this Faith and Family Friday. So, Carrie, I, you and I have recommended how many times family get together, have a family meeting, get the kids on board draw them in and give them a vision, give them some goals that are connected to how you live your life concretely week to week and, and help um, encourage them to, you know, support them, encourage them, hold them accountable to, to doing this. And so um, I definitely was encouraged, uh, giving them the carrot, which was, Hey, if you guys work, you're going to be able to make money. And if you make money, you can do the things that you want to do with that as well. You know, one thing that we've not been doing is requiring all of them to pray a rosary at night. 
I know that you and John Mark often will pray. Maybe John Luke will join you or Mary Catherine. But um, I'm just saying that out loud to be honest, that there are seasons where we require them to pray every night with us. And of course, during the summer, you think we have way more time. There's no homework excuse. But something to think of now that we're July 1st, we're going into a new month. And we still have two and a half full months of summer because the Oaks doesn't go back till September 22nd, <laughs> which I'm super happy about. But it's like summer has just begun. We're just entering into it. And so, I don't know, it's not too late or it's a great time to reset or to to kind of set some uh, hopeful steps in the right direction. You're right. I, I'm quick to want to come up with excuses for, oh, sc- end of the school year stuff, kids relate, studies, finals, blah, all great excuses. And that's really all they are. Because uh, John Mark was as busy as any of them, struggled as much as any of them with schooling, and yet he was the one who was the, the pillar among the kids to pray and a great motivator for me to be there with him. He worked harder than any of them. And yeah. He studied harder than any of them. Um, there is this... Uh, Part of the imitation of Christ. So we're reading through. We're doing this uh, consecration, right? And we're using the Saint Louis de Montfort uh, consecration to Jesus through Mary, and um, it's a daily prayer. It's thirty-three days, and we are. Let's see. On the day that this is heard, we're on day like twenty-ish. No, yeah, 20, nineteen. Um, when you're hearing this, it's uh, day nineteen. Anyhow, when I was at Mass, I, I brought this with me because there's so many little cute nuggets or beautiful nuggets from the Imitation of Christ book by Thomas A. Kempis. Kemps? Is it Kempis? Thomas A. Kempis, yep. I guess I need my glasses. But anyhow, it says this. And this reminds me of marriage. Marriage. It reminds me of um, living in the house day to day, what I notice and what I don't notice. And I think it just really convicted me because when we did that family prayer of God giving us different words. Did you ever share about that on the radio? I the did. Prophetic words? Yeah. I thought I had a word for my daughter, but it was really for me. And the Lord really convicted me, which is really funny. Whole big story, but just for my, myself. Um, but in that, it says, uh, but in the midst of that story, the Lord said this to my heart, or awakened in my heart this truth. Quickly enough, we feel and weigh what we suffer at the hands of others. But, we mind not how much others suffer from us. <laughs> it's just thinking, you know, because you hear me, Tom, say, kids didn't do their job, they didn't pick up, or, you know, there's a mess left out and I'm, I'm bothered, or something needs Why to be done. Why aren't you doing this? Why aren't you doing that? I know, I'm pretty much a good nag. Anyhow, um, but I don't really consider how all my nagging or all my, the weight I put upon them causes them to suffer. It says, we mind not how much others suffer from us. And it really convicted me. I just started to think and reflect about the things I'd spoken to you and the kids, the attitude I brought to the home um, and it, when it wasn't positive or when it was demoralizing or blaming. And it was a beautiful moment. <laughs> it was a beautiful time to just say, Lord, heal me. I need to be healed. I need you to transform, or I think you used this word a couple weeks ago, I need to transcend or go beyond, above and beyond how I see what I'm seeing. Because right now I just am kind of stuck in this dumb rut of um, 
being with the kids all day and seeing all that has to be done and wanting to be on mission and wanting to have families over and wanting to serve families and wanting to help you with your ministry and business and you just can't get it all done. It can't all be done well. And I'm really good at setting really high expectations about how everything should be. And I'm not talking perfectly clean and all that, but just many things. Like we are doing many, many things in a lot of different directions, all good and fun and energizing, but they all take a lot of work. And I feel like I have to be this engine or the super like combustion of um, power to get everyone started or ignited or going in the right direction. And, you know, I do it in a way that's not loving and, or I do it in a way that is, you know, come on, let's go and driving or forceful. And it's just funny because I'm so bothered by certain things my kids do, but I, I don't really think about how bothered they are by the way I talk to them. <laughs> Can you, do I hear an amen? <laughs> I've learned by having you on never to too quickly amen things that draw out uh, elements that are <laughs> broken or uh, <sighs> sinful. I, I just, I keep, you know, for me, it's just keep eating the humility pill. Just keep humbling myself. Mm. This is a much healthier path for me to go. But um, I love what you're saying because it is, it's almost ruthlessly honest um, for yourself, right? If you remember, do you remember what my word was? My word was uh, uh, read, read no, the text. I can't Don't read. you remember? Or John Mark. What uh, is your word? What is your phrase? It was. Um, Wait, uh, do you remember? Yeah. It was, uh, oh. it was stand up. Remember, it was, you're lying down behind the bush. Oh, Dom, I thought you were talking about the word for the year. What's your word for the year? I don't remember. Darn it. Yeah, I have to kind of come back to that. Gosh, because my word just keeps coming back well, over mine was, and over. So mine was reparation. Mine yes. was... Oh, we're talking about St. John of the Cross. Yeah. Right. Okay. All right. And it was how I, I was called to um, be willing to be led... Uh, deeper into the dark night, deeper into the life of prayer. Uh, this whole idea of the ascent of Mount Carmel, right? To yeah. be able to, to to read that text, but it was the willingness to make reparation for not only my sins but the sins of my family and of the wider church in the world. I just don't remember that. Anyhow, sorry about that. No, no, that's okay. I have a bad memory. Um, yeah, I. I think I would. I like to let that word float into the past because it's a hard word, <laughs> and it, no, it's one of those words where um, the, our life of faith is paradoxical. Our life of faith is paradoxical, and and it's it's a tension that is not dissolved. So on this Facebook, the whole Supreme Court stuff, um, someone said, "If only Jesus Christ." Uh, followers of Jesus Christ were present today and really uh, were authentically like doing what he wanted or something like that. And I said, well, how about even a better question? If only Jesus Christ had started a religion, and he did, it's called the Roman Catholic Church, uh, imperfect as we are. And, oh boy, that was just firestorm. Uh, I, every, every side coming at me. Um, and one was a very devout Catholic that I graduated with, and she said, Tom, what do you mean imperfect? The church isn't imperfect. And I, I know what she meant. What she meant was that one of the four marks or fundamental attributes of the church is that the church is holy. So how can the church be imperfect? 
The church is the body of Christ. How can the body of Christ be imperfect? Well, this is the paradox. The paradox is that the church is holy and always in need of reform. Semper reformanda. So the church is holy and simultaneously always in need of reform. That's family life. Exactly. Right? That's the domestic church. Yes, thank you. It is holy. It's it is beautiful. It is awesome. It is so much good. But and, it And what are we paying attention <laughs> but to? But we need a lot of help. Right. Right. And that's <laughs> and, and that's so what you were just bringing up Carrie about nagging and 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 noticing things in yourself and the Lord revealing things in and how you're relating to others and what you're seeing in them is that it's both holy and in need of reform. It's messy, yeah. And so that's just one of the, you know, the the great challenges of our life of faith today is that, do we realize that, that there's a beautiful holiness to what the Lord has done, and yet at the same time, there is a, simultaneously, a radical need for reform. So, Carrie, we have uh, just another 25 seconds left in the program, if you can believe it. Um, One of the things that somebody pointed out on Facebook was that the Supreme Court decision came out on on June the 24th, which was not only the Feast of the Sacred Heart, it was also the day before the Feast of the Immaculate Heart of Mary. And they were linking the, uh, the act of overturning to the Pope's consecration of the world and of Russia to the Immaculate Heart, following after the call, the invitation that Our Lady of Fatima had asked for, and was saying, see what happens when we honor Our Lady's request. That is so awesome. Yeah. So we have so much to be grateful for, for the gift of our Blessed Mother, for the gift of, well, our country. Uh, Monday is the 4th of July. Say a prayer for our country. Say a prayer for our leaders. Say a prayer for our Pope. All right. Thank you, Carrie, for being with me today. We are up against the end of our program. God bless your day. Join me on Monday for more sound insight.